Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online Masters of Social Work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Mother She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in D.C. Today I'm going to be talking with Plastic Martyr. She's a trans activist, actress, singer, and model. She has such interesting stories, and I'm really looking forward to our chat. But before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, listener-funded, and woman-run. Visit patreon.com slash startmeup to see the variety of tiers offered, including the option to get two bonus What's Up episodes per week. Kind of like my online journal where I get a little more personal and talk about whatever is on my mind. There's also an ad-free tier with a much shorter intro. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. Now please enjoy my conversation with trans activist Plastic Martyr. Welcome to the show, Plastic Martyr. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I just, I, I enjoy your Twitter presence. I love your sass. I love your intelligence and your grace. And so I'm really happy to have you on. And, um, you know, thank you and welcome. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. And likewise, I love your Twitter as well. Oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, Okay, so many questions for you. But before I start, I want to be clear about something because, I, of course, I'm going to ask you about being a trans woman. Um, yeah. And I worry that I'm not always going to get it right. I'm afraid that sometimes I might fuck up with my terminology or I may ask ignorant questions. So I'm just asking that, you know, if, if I do, please do not feel shy to point it out and tell me this is, you know, however you would want to phrase it. Um, I just, you know, I think it's important for allies to express this as we're navigating our way through the ever-changing times because, uh, you know, I mean, I think, um, oh, I can't think of the guy's name. He's a comedian and he was Patton Oswalt. And he was saying, look, we, we want to we wanna get this right. And, but we're like so baked. I mean, I'm 54 years old. I'm baked in to who I am, but I'm absolutely willing to change. So just in case I get something wrong, please correct me. I want to, you know, I want to be the best possible ally. So now that that's out of the way. <laughs> um, okay, so you're an actress, a model, and a singer. So before we get into anything else, I just want you to talk about yourself. Tell us about who you are and your craft. Well, I am, first of all, I do want to say thank you so much for even prefacing with that. And I totally understand. I don't expect uh, aren't trans to understand everything. And I think yeah. it's unfair for trans people or any marginalized community for that matter to get immediately angry with people who don't mean any harm by it. Like that's the whole point of educating and learning yeah. is because you wouldn't know these experiences right. and things. So I thank you so much for prefacing with that. And I am totally not one of those people that's going to be like <laughs> butthurt if a question is asked the wrong way. So okay. it's totally fine. Um, I am, yes, I am an actress, a model and a singer. I started out really, really young. First of all, I began my transition at about five. Wow. So it wasn't easy. Like, being in Hollywood 
as a trans person for the last like however I don't want to give my age away but um, (laughs) for a very long time Um, so I was rejected a lot and fired a lot from jobs when people found out I was transgender so I basically kind of had to make my own name and make my own spot in the industry and it wasn't easy but I have dabbled in everything from modeling to acting I have two movies out now um one is on Amazon and gonna be on Tubi soon just won like four awards that's called Yellowbird and I was just in another movie with Tom Sizemore who unfortunately is not doing very well and that's called Battle for Pandora and then I before the pandemic right before the pandemic it I released my first single with Capital record so that was pretty pretty fun amazing congratulations that is so effing cool um so did you I mean have you always wanted to be an entertainer no I actually was really 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 shy believe it or not and still kind of am I don't really like (laughs) people are not going to believe this when I say this I don't really like having attention on me um (laughs) I pretend I do for (laughs) entertainment purposes, but really I'm very shy and barely ever leave my house. But I always wanted to actually be a fashion designer. And my plans were when I was younger, I wanted to go to Parsons in New York and become a designer. And then um, school wasn't easy for me, obviously being trans. Mm -hmm. So that never happened. And instead I ended up modeling the clothes instead of designing them. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. And so when when did the entertainment bug hit you? Um, I honestly think it like right away. Like I remember I was really, really big on MySpace back mm-hmm. in the, the early 2000s. I was about 13, 14, and I got approached by a photographer. And I had blue hair at the time and was this really bizarre looking, almost non-binary, just just little alien thing (laughs) I had blue hair and wore all this crazy makeup and giant platform boots and whatever and I had my own little quirky style and he asked to photograph me and I was like okay so we did this photo shoot and it ended up just going everywhere and then I started getting approached by all these other photographers and then designers and then I just like I was loving it I loved creating art Mm -hmm. and it was really really fun have you studied acting I have. I've been in acting school for a while, yeah. Is there, Now, I used to be an actor, and I studied what was called the Meisner technique. Are you, are you studying a technique, or are you just, like, going to different teachers and taking everything you can from the teachers? I like studying with different people because mm-hmm. I learn different techniques. Yeah. I don't usually subscribe to one thing. I've learned so many... First of all, I think, like, a lot of the, the acting schools in L.A. are kind of bullshit like I feel like they just try to take your money and Mm -hmm. teach you crap that like you already know so I really for me it was being able to break down that I I was always like it was hard for me to break down the model part of me and then enter the actor part Mm. so I was always coming off very stiff on camera yeah um I worked with two great coaches who were my dear friends up until a week ago when I actually had a falling out with one of them. Um, But yeah, I learned so much from them and I was able to just kind of find that inner actor in me. Wow. Now, do you have an agent and are you going out on auditions and things? 
Yes, yeah. Wow. I'm always auditioning. Again, it's very hard because there's yeah. not a lot of roles for trans people in the entertainment industry. Yeah. And those roles that are out there for trans people are always very stereotypical. So I don't mm-hmm. get cast for those. And God forbid I play a cis person. Would you what? imagine? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually did play a cis person in my in, um, Battle for Pandora. It was never addressed that I was trans. I was always just... A woman in that, so yeah, that was that's actually it, really cool. Yeah, that's how it should be. I think. Yeah. I mean, it, I agree. I, of course, I can't. I don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes, but I do know what it's like to be in Hollywood and have Hollywood look at you like, I don't know what the fuck to do with you. Because I mean, I was six. I am six feet tall, and I have. I'm sorry for all the listeners who have to listen to my story again, so I'll be short. But <laughs> but I have like huge bones, and I really, mm. I really do. I have like a, a massive clavicle. And I'm bigger than, like, everyone, including the men. So, you know, I had the blonde thing going, and I had the height. Well, the height didn't necessarily work for me, but um, people just, Hollywood didn't know what to make of me. And especially when I was pursuing back in the 90s when I was in my 20s, I looked like an authority. You know, I think I looked, I could have played doctor and all that, and it it wouldn't have been so much of a stretch for Hollywood to to cast a 23, 24-year-old as a, you know, a lawyer because yeah. they always do shit like that. But ultimately, um, I think that, you know, it was really difficult for me and I was unable to, I mean, I, I did get on a soap. I was on Days of Our Lives for seven years for a very small character. It was a small police, I played a police person, but um, nothing substantial, but it really did fuck with my head. And it was because I, I had body hatred. I just, yeah. I hated the fact that I didn't look like all the other women. And so, yeah. you know, at least the ones who are this, working. So this industry definitely, um, I think, poisons people. It I, does. I personally, on, I, I mean, obviously, I struggled with gender dysphoria and body yeah. dysphoria because of my my transness. But then on top of that, add in the the self hatred that Hollywood sprinkles mm-hmm. on everybody, and it's like now we have filters and Photoshop yeah. and all this shit that I'm like. I look in the mirror and I just, I like cry all the time. Cause I'm like, I feel so ugly. And my boyfriend's always like, what are you talking about? You're gorgeous. And I'm like, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't fucking see it. Like, yeah. I don't see what you see. Yeah. And it's really because of social media and all the filters and everything. So I really go out of my way to not use filters. Or if I do, I use the most natural looking filter that mm-hmm. still looks like me, but it'll blur my, my, like whatever, my skin a little bit. Yeah. Because I'm, I, I just think it's, it's unhealthy for people to, think that that's what they're supposed to look like is basically a cartoon totally and i mean when i was pursuing the uh show alan McBeal was popular and she was a Mm -hmm. size zero and be you know there's no way in hell i could have been a i mean i couldn't even fit into size i could fit into a size eight but it didn't fit me but it's like you know it just made me feel like i just it was horrible i mean i had a lot of fun i don't want to make it sound like my experience was awful but you know, as you just said, the Hollywood sprinkles hate on everyone. And it's just, you know, when you're in that industry and then people say certain things to you, like there was this one woman who I studied with and she said to me at the time that um, Brooke, Brooke Shields and I were basically the same as far as stature and I think bone structure. And, mm-hmm. she, you know, she was on that show Suddenly Susan and I, yeah. I was on TV at that time. And so I could see that we basically had the same kind of body. I had bigger boobs, but that was it. And um, this wo- this woman said to me, because, of course, she was kind of not very nice, she said that Brooke Shields was 20 pounds lighter than I was and that if that I would never be considered sexy 
if I was, you know, if I continued at that weight. And her comment, now I'm not going to blame her for this, but because of her comment and because of my own insecurities, that launched an eating disorder. So, you know, I mean, it was just like, it sucked. It sucked so much. So I'm grateful that I had that experience. I had fun. I tortured myself a lot. I'm really glad that I'm out of it now, but I love talking to other creative people. So enough about me, but. (laughs) um, Yeah, I I love, I mean, again, don't get me wrong. I love Hollywood. It's, I feel so blessed and honored to have what I have and the experiences that I've had, even though they're few experiences (laughs) compared to most people, I'm grateful for them. And I'm grateful for the platform I've been given. I'm grateful for all of it. But yeah, it does it does fuck with your head a lot. Yeah. Like right now, I'm on the cabbage soup diet to lose 10 pounds oh. immediately before I start working again. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was just I just did this patrons only show for for my listeners. And yesterday I went shopping and I saw all the summer clothes out. And I said it like I wanted to immediately go on a starvation diet because yeah. I want to fit in those clothes. That's what I am doing. I was it was the holidays and then I was recovering from surgery for three months. So I packed on the pounds and I'm like I called my manager yesterday and I was like, I really want to get back into work and I was like, I got on the scale and I'm like, gosh. Okay. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, being whatever you are, but yeah. like again, the pressure in this industry, it's like is you're either gonna end up hating yourself or it's just like endless battle. It's endless battle. It totally is. Okay, so now I'm really curious. You said that you started transitioning when you were five. So can yeah. you just, I, I'm sure you've told your story a million times, but I don't know it. So I'm interested in, in knowing about what it was you understood about yourself at that young age. So I have a mother who is incredible. She's got two masters in psychology. She belongs to men, so she's a genius. Wow. She's wonderful. And I was lucky enough to have her as a mom. So she clearly understood what I was going through and understood everything and always supported me and it never made me feel bad about it. And I was just very vocal from a very young age about feeling like I was in the wrong body. And Mm -hmm. I would even draw little pictures and like before I was even in school, I'd be like three or four doodling little stick figures and I'd always be a girl in all those pictures. Mm -hmm. And then like I would whatever, play dress up in my mom's clothes or whatever. And, and by the time I was five and I was going to kindergarten, I remember I wanted to wear like a, a little girl's outfit to school. And my mom said to me, you can go to school in this outfit, but you have to understand that the other kids may make fun of you mm-hmm. or you can put the outfit on when you come home from school. Hmm. And she gave me that op- that option and I went to school in the outfit. I was like, fuck those kids, dude. So I <laughs> basically just started socially transitioning. At that point, there wasn't really terminology for it. Mm-hmm. There, It was all still very taboo. I didn't know about pronouns or anything like that. So for the longest time, up until like my teens, I went by he, him pronouns just because I didn't know there was really another option for yeah. it. And then later in my teens, I started um, hormones and then began like actually fully transitioning with like surgeries and stuff like that. Wow. So when you were going on hormones, now I have, I've been on hormones throughout my life, whether it was birth control. And then when Mm -hmm. I hit, uh, you know, being older and everything, menopause, and I started taking, well, I've, I've taken progesterone, testosterone Mm -hmm. and, um, estrogen estrogen I gotta say and my experience was not fun and you know what I look back onto my my birth control experiences and I I never did very well on them 
but it makes me yeah. gain a lot of weight. So I'm just wondering with your hormone experience, what was that like for you? Did it, it also estrogen when I got older, like turned me into a fucking nightmare. I was a nightmare. Yeah. So I'm just like <laughs> wondering how it affected you. Oh, I'm a, I'm a, I don't know if I can say this word, but I'm going to go, I'm a complete cunt ever since I transitioned, <laughs> but like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I remember though taking my first estrogen pill and the next morning I woke up and I kind of started to cry because I oh. felt like I finally felt at home in my body. Wow. It was the weirdest thing. I woke up and I was just like, holy shit, like something feels different huh. and I feel better in my skin hmm. and I then noticed that my skin got softer um my body hair got thinner I just became more more myself and then after going on tea blockers and then estrogen for a while I started to get you know that feminine figure and then when I went off of the tea blockers after I got my bottom surgery I went on um, progesterone, and I've been on progesterone and, and um, estrogen every day ever since. And I, I love it. I honestly, other than the mood swings and the weight gain, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you know, the progesterone is saving my life right now because yeah. I read a study. I mean, and actually it saved my life my whole life because I've had weird issues with hormones. And when I was in my 20s, and so I'm sorry for some anybody who has issues listening to menstrual stories, you know, maybe fast forward a couple minutes. But <laughs> um, I would bleed all month, all month. And I won't yeah. describe it but it was gross and um this woman told me about progesterone cream and when yeah. i started taking that oh my god it literally changed everything i had a regular cycle and then what wound up and and i just kept i always used the cream and then when i That's went on, on yeah and when i went on bioidentical hormones I, i've done a few things whether it's been cream or uh well i guess it's all been cream except for one i did take the oral uh progesterone but then when I went off, okay, so I went on the estrogen and I packed on a lot of weight and I just did not feel like myself. And eventually I went off. But then when I went off, oh my God, it was like a second round of hot flashes, but the hot flashes yeah. were like the worst I've ever had. And I read that there was a study uh, and it's, I can't remember who the study was, but it was oral progesterone. Although I found that I can use the cream, but it stopped, like I'd say... 90 percent so yeah. it, it's like it has been a lifesaver for me my whole life so but that's yeah, good to know that you're are amazing with, and that's yeah. what's so fucking annoying with people who are using it like as a as a as like a talking point of for anti-trans stuff right. like yeah oh everybody's going it's like first of all you fucking idiots <laughs> cis people go on hormones every fucking yes. day including cis youth go yes. on stuff to try to boost like growth spurts and shit like that yeah. so it, the the hypocrisy is so fucking annoying that it's okay for cis people to do it but if trans people do it then it's this big to do and mm -hmm. oh my god stay away from our kids it's like right. shut the fuck up so <laughs> i love hormones i mean they saved my life and i notice a difference when i have to go off of them before surgeries i have to go off them for like two to three weeks prior to surgery mm -hmm. and Oh my God, that is just, it's horrible. I it's bet. horrible. I bet. I can totally imagine that would be, yeah. I, God, yeah, it drives you nuts. And I, I mean, I'm on a, whatever I'm doing right now, I think is like evening me out and it's, it's working. So once you find that right fix, it does change everything. Yeah. 
And what's scary is that they're like obviously now trying to take that away for trans mm-hmm. people. And I don't know what we would do. I would die if I didn't have I my know. hormones. I really would die. Yeah. So it's just awful that like we have to live with that constant fear of I don't know if I'm going to still be able to get my hormones next month or the yeah. month after that. And it's kind of like similar to what like um, cis women are going through regarding like birth control mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like the fact that the government is taking that away from you because a couple of people think it's wrong to get an abortion or like yeah. prevent pregnancy. It's like, are you kidding me? This shit saves people's lives. Yeah. And in fact, I mean, there were times when I went on birth- the birth control pill, which I didn't even like it. But the first time, well, I think the second time I went on it, it was because I I had cramps that were so bad, I would pass out, I would be in bed for three days, I'd miss work. And, you know, I, I, I don't, it was like a miracle. I started taking birth control and all of, I mean, yeah, I'd get cramps, but it wasn't debilitating. And then for the rest of my life, even when I went off of the birth control, I never had cramps that were so severe. And then another time I went back on it because of acne. And it basically, yeah, yeah, I gained weight, but then my face cleared up. So I wasn't taking that birth control for reproductive issues. It was, you know, for other reasons. And so, yeah, Yeah. it's not, that's not the only reason we take them. No, Um, people are just so ignorant and they just say stupid shit because they don't know better. But (laughs) I like, again, it's something that I will always fight for and defend is hormone replacement therapy therapy for both trans and cis people because it saves it saves you. It yeah. really does. And it it totally changes and improve and can improve the quality of your life. Yeah. Um, all right, okay, you know what? We have to take a quick break, but we will be back after this message. Hey, this is Kimberly. If you're not already my patron, just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can take a look at all the tiers and decide how you want to support the show. Thank you so much. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets, all that and much more. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, we are back. And okay, so let's see. What was I going to ask you? Um, okay, I do. I am curious about your, uh, out your, what did you call it? Your bottom operation? My bottom surgery. Your yeah. bottom surgery. Okay, so now was, what can you tell us about that? Was it painful? Was it, did it freak you out? How, how did you like, process that oh that's a good good question um it was definitely an emotional roller coaster for me obviously it's something that I always always wanted Mm -hmm. I never wanted a penis I've always wanted a vagina I always ever since I was a kid I'd be looking at I'd be playing with my Barbies and be like why don't I have a body like this and (laughs) like I never understood why I was cursed with this penis you know Mm -hmm. and I always wanted it there was never a doubt in my mind but I get the surgery and it's a little freaky. I'm not going to lie. Cause at, at that point I didn't know what the outcome was going to be. I'm just sitting in a hospital bed. And I remember this nurse comes in and she checks the dressings on it and she goes, and I've been, I was in, I had to be in the hospital for like a week. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't see anything. I'm in a hospital bed. I'm all bandaged up and she's checking it. And she goes, wow, it looks so good. Do you want to see it? And I'm all like, yeah, sure. And I'm thinking it's going to be this perfect vagina. Right. <laughs> and she takes my phone and takes a picture of it and shows it to me and I start bawling. And I'm just like, what did I do? I'm like, they were right. I mutilated myself. You know, I was like, oh my God. But 
I mean, that was day one. Yeah. So then, like, after, I remember I got out of the hospital, I came home, and I'm healing at home, and it was a long recovery. It was about three months of recovery for hmm. me. But I remember it was about week three after the surgery, and I'm getting out of the shower, and Prior to my surgery, when I bought my house, first thing I did is I ripped out all the mirrors in my house. I couldn't have a full-length mirror anywhere in the house because if I saw myself naked, I'd fucking kill myself. <laughs> so I only had one mirror in my bathroom, which was like a one of those little vanity mirrors that like only went from like chest up, basically. Yeah. And I was coming out of the shower, and for whatever reason, I caught myself in the mirror full body, and I saw my body for the first time with my vagina and I started crying these like happy tears where I just finally felt like I saw the person that I saw when I closed my eyes at night and she was standing in front of me now in the mirror and from that moment on I knew I made the right decision and after it healed it it is stunning it's beautiful it's functional you would never know it was I wasn't born with it like Really? My oh my God, I'm going to say something now that I never thought I would say, but I want to see. <laughs> oh, I'll totally send you a picture after. I have no shame about it. <laughs> I totally want you to. Um, yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. Are you able to have orgasms? Oh, yeah. So that's the other thing. So I was always like, okay, like, I wonder how it's going to feel. And I didn't think for me, I was always like, okay, well, I'm sure it's never going to feel like that different since it wasn't like a biological vagina that I was born Mm -hmm. with. And I'm sure it's different for cis women than it is going to be for me. But it took me a while to learn how to orgasm Mm -hmm. after I had to watch a lot of lady porn to figure out how to get myself (laughs) off. Um, But once I learned the, the rhythm and I found that spot, I was just like, oh, my God, mind-blowing. Like, mind-blowing wow. orgasms that were so completely, vastly different from orgasming before. Mentally, physically, it was just a night and day for me. Now, do you think that's interesting? Because, of course, yeah. you always want to wonder, what does it feel like? I'm wondering, what does it feel like when you have yeah. a penis as opposed to a vagina? So I'm wondering if your perspective as a trans person and, you know, your desire um, – to be different than the way you were born did do you think that played into your pleasure do you say no it was just physical you're talking only physical absolutely it it played into it a lot I mean before I felt so much shame and anytime I had sex with somebody it was it was there was shame attached Mm -hmm. to it I couldn't ever enjoy it Mm -hmm. I don't think I ever really orgasmed with a partner prior to it because I was so mortified by that part of my body Mm -hmm. so if I ever did orgasm it was in private and then again after like I orgasmed it was followed with shame Mm -hmm. and sadness so I never enjoyed it and then afterwards I was like, oh, my God, I finally have this beautiful vagina that I've always wanted. And, it, you know, I just felt complete finally. And I do think that mentally that played a huge part in it. But physically, it's different, too. Like, I can have different orgasms, like from, like, whatever, the top of the mons pubis, then stimulating the clitoris, then inside, oh. vaginally. And, like, just wow. there's three different types. And you have, like, the kitten orgasms and the full-blown <laughs> mind-shattering, earth-ground-shaking orgasm. Like, there's just, like, different layers to it, which I never experienced before. Wow, and they last longer. That is, really? Oh, that is so yeah. amazing. 
It's so yeah. fascinating because I've never had the opportunity or just I've never talked to – I've talked to people who are trans before, but I've never talked about this, like, so intimately. So <laughs> oh, it, I'm an open book, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, there's no information on this. So even for me, I went in blind. It's yeah. not like they sent me home with a fucking pamphlet after. <laughs> like, I had to learn everything. I had to learn how to masturbate. I had to learn how to pee. I had to le- – like, wow. everything. They shorten your urethra. They replace the urethra. They give you, you know, the uh, new clitoris and mm-hmm. a clitoral hood and my lady. And I had to just discover everything. I was like a kid again, just discovering myself for the first time. And it was really like just beautiful and fascinating for for myself even to discover all that. And how old were you when you had that surgery? That was six years ago. Okay. Wow. That's that long ago. And then that was my first surgery I did was actually my bottom surgery. And then I did four months later, I did my breasts. And then after that, um, I didn't have any surgeries until October. This year, October, I did facial feminization, just some light facial feminization. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I mean, you're absolutely beautiful. Um, and you. you're, you know, I, I showed a picture. I, I told my mom I was going to be interviewing you. And so I just sent your picture and she's like, wow, she's beautiful. So, yeah, I mean, oh. I can see why you're a model. But um, thank you, mama. <laughs> you have a very cool mama, and so do I. So that's good. Um, yes, I love mom. <laughs> nothing like having a good, supportive, a progressive mother. I swear, it's no, the best. They are incredible, and my hero. Mothers in general are my heroes. Yeah. Like I don't know, this planet is just. I feel like we undervalue yes. women and mothers first of all in this planet. A hundred percent. Okay, I want to ask you. I watched a YouTube video where you described this awful situation when a, a boyfriend of yours doxed you. And I just want you yeah. to talk a little bit about that for my listeners, because I was so blown away and I'm just going to let you tell that story. Yeah. So I was, I was a kid still, I was probably like 19 and I broke up with this, this guy I was dating and he clearly was, was pissed about it. <laughs> and a few months go by after we break up, and it's actually my birthday. I'm turning, I believe I was turning 20. And my phone starts ringing off the hook. And I think it's like people calling to say happy birthday to me, but no. Um, instead, it was all these disgusting men calling me, leaving these horrible graphic messages and text messages. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? So I finally answer the phone the next time somebody calls me. And I'm like, who is this? Like, why are you calling me? And they said, well, I'm, I'm calling you because of the ad. And I go, what ad? And he goes, type your number in on Craigslist. So I type my number in, and up pops this, this horrible post in the personal section with this disgusting rape fantasy that I, I want big trucker men to rape me. Oh. And it's got these photos of me where I'm, like, basically implied nude that – like these just beautiful photos and my phone number, my address, my name, all this fucked up shit. And I didn't know what to do. So I immediately contacted Craigslist and told them to take down the thing and they were great Mm -hmm. and they took it down and then they gave me the IP address and the IP address went straight to Houston, Texas where Mm -hmm. my ex was living. So then I got the police involved and just, it was a nightmare and it was really, I had to change my number. I had to move. Uh, it was bad. unbelievable that is yeah. ridiculous i can't imagine having to go through that and and the fact that you had to move um did, now, did anything ever a couple times because of dangerous situations <sighs> it's really scary 
did anything ever happen to him? Um, no, not really. He's kind of just never progressed in life, so I guess that's his punishment, you know? (laughs) So, can you tell us a little bit, I mean, obviously you live in Los Angeles. I Mm -hmm. used to live in Los Angeles, now I'm, I'm back east, but, um, you know, and I very, very much miss the laid-back attitude of Los Angeles. Not to say that there's no discrimination or no bigotry yeah. and stuff. Of course there is, but it's different. And so um, I'm wondering, what is it like to be a trans woman living in Los Angeles right now? Um, it feels a hell of a lot safer than it does in any other part of the United mm-hmm. States, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, I definitely I live in fear every day. I'm always scared that I'm going to be recognized as a trans person, that I'm going to be clocked, that you know, I I always tell people, like, basically, for most trans people, we wake up every day and just say, is today the day that somebody's going to kill me? And it's a, a horrible reality, but that's pretty much the way we live. And it's scary. Like, the other day, well, a couple weeks ago, actually, they found a trans woman's body on Mulholland Drive. And it's like, it. I never saw this much hate in LA and this whole time that I've lived here mm-hmm. as there has, there, there has been in the last like year, I feel like there's just hmm. been a, a skyrocket of hate. So um, do you correlate with that, that with DeSantis? I correlate that with Trump actually. Hmm. So I take it back. It's not the last year. I'd say it's the last five years, but really in the last year, it's gotten horribly bad. Mm-hmm. I think that the right has become just this radicalized hate mongers and they, honestly feel like their mission in life is to just be bigots and they're because they were condoned to do that president trump condoned that so it's like now they think oh i'm gonna carry out his legacy and every Mm -hmm. time i see a marginalized person an interracial couple Mm -hmm. a a queer person i'm gonna attack them and i'm gonna get away with it and unfortunately they do get away with it because nothing is ever done and and including before Trump, it wasn't easy. Like, I remember I had a couple stalking situations in L.A., and I went to the police, and they basically victim-blamed me and said, I yeah. bring this upon myself because of my, quote, lifestyle. I'm like, lifestyle? <laughs> I, I, I've i never even been drunk. Uh, I've never done hard drugs in my entire life. I've never smoked a cigarette. I, I'm home by midnight. Like, I don't party. <laughs> like, what, what lifestyle are you talking about? Oh, you mean because I'm trans. Right. And they did nothing about it. Of course. So it's really scary. It's fucked up the way trans people are treated, and it's only getting worse. But Mm -hmm. to live in L.A., again, I feel very lucky that I do live here because at least legally, we are somewhat protected here. Yeah. And, I mean, my experience there, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm 54. So I moved to Los Angeles in 1977 when I was nine with my mom, and then I basically just grew up there. And... Mm -hmm. being in the acting industry as well as I used to sell perfume and so you know there was all kinds of LGBTQ I just fucking fucked it up I talked with Chris (laughs) Guzzi the other day and he 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 said it too fast too and he apologized the LGBTQ community um is normal like I mean I and and I you know I've seen so many kinds of people I mean living as you know living in los angeles you see everything you see all kinds of weird shit and that starts to become normal and i and it's the good shit it's not it's not the like i mean obviously there's hate and everything but like i just love people who are different and i think that's 
you know, I think the problem is people are afraid of what's different than what they're used to or what they know. I love people who are different than I am because they introduce me to new things and they get me thinking and, you know, and it's like, and, and there's so many weird people, like weird in the good way, weird people in LA. And, and, you know, I, I remember when I first started, I, I was working in a department store. So let me think, this was probably like 1987, 1988. And there was this woman, she was a trans woman, although she didn't tell us she was a trans woman. Um, but her name was Mirage. <laughs> and I have to say, she was absolutely gorgeous i mean at first we didn't know and i think you know of course people started talking i will say nobody from in that experience i don't remember any negative um attitude toward her and maybe it was just because we were in the makeup world and you know it was a little more open we were in los angeles but i mean of course people talked and wondered um but overall she just it was like i i was probably about like 20 so it's pretty young. And that, I think that was the first trans person I saw. And then she would have a friend who would often come visit her. Now, I guess he was, um, I, I don't know what you would, I don't know the correct terminology on this. Maybe just a cross-dresser. I don't know. And you can answer it. But he wore, like he would wear makeup and uh sequin like a blue it was always a blue sequin dress <laughs> and uh, you know he didn't shave his he didn't try to sh- to look like a woman he just dressed like a woman and he put on makeup and stuff like that and so you know he would come and sit and talk to her and um and so I was exposed to a lot of this and it and it just became normalized and so you know it's hard for me now because I'm I'm in my uh I'm kind of complaining but I shouldn't complain but you know living on the east coast at least I'm in Maryland and it's fairly diverse here so that's good but still it's not the same as the attitudes in California and I absolutely miss it. So I can imagine for you being in California, especially Southern California, it would, it would be easier, but it must be fucking terrifying. And I, you know, I'm wondering if you, if you have any sense of things like, obviously we're seeing the worst, but do you, do you have any sense that things will improve? Do you, do you, or, or, you know, what are you thinking about how things are going to go forward? In all honesty, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it like most people do. I don't see it getting better in my lifetime, unfortunately. Um, I look at a lot of other marginalized communities and think, how far have they come? Mm -hmm. And they haven't come very far. Yeah. So I don't, unfortunately, see waking up tomorrow and everybody being like, fuck, you know what? I was wrong. (laughs) Trans people are awesome. Yeah. So I kind of just have come to terms with that this is my life, this is my reality, and I'm going to fight as much as I can and try to educate as many people as I can and fight the people who are refusing to change. And when my time comes, my time comes. But it's like I've come to terms with that. Yeah. the uncertainty i've come to terms with um a lack of safety i've come to terms with that someone one day might hurt me and it's scary but it's like i can't just bury my head in the sand and be like no it's all going to be sunshine and daisies because i'm i pretend it is right well yeah i mean i i feel i totally get you when you say marginalized groups haven't come so far i mean just as a woman i'm 
I think I skipped through my youth without recognizing. I mean, I always knew that there was patriarchy. I always knew there was sexism. Mm -hmm. And I had, I think, a fortunate experience in that some of the things that I chose to do, like I was an outside sales rep and it's real, and I worked on commission. So yes, there could be sexism in the way that I'm treated by certain clients or, or something like that, but my pay was always based on my performance. I didn't yeah. make any less than my male counterparts. Or, you know, and then in my Hollywood, when I was pursuing an acting career, I, I absolutely saw sexism, but I think, again, because I didn't get that far, I didn't have to deal with too much of it. And so, yeah. you know, as, as I've gotten older and especially been vocal and become, you know, more interested in politics, I, and then when Trump became president, I absolutely started for the first time in my life to feel not so much fearful. I don't have the experience you have, but I do have the experience that, I mean, with gun gun culture and yeah. with being a woman, that I could be out and about doing my thing. And just because I'm a woman, I could be a target. And again, not to the degree you would be a target or a person of color. But it still exists, and it's really upsetting. Oh, and I just absolutely. I, and I've actually, I was saying this to my boyfriend the other day. I was like, I think I hide the fact that I'm a Jew more than I hide the fact that I'm trans. Really? No, uh -huh. that's interesting. Like, I'm really scared of anti-Semitism, and the people who are like, oh, there's no anti-Semitism. It's like clearly you're not Jewish. Yeah. Um, it, it's just it's it's horrible. Like I see, it's 2023, and mm -hmm. I see every single day how much racism is in this world, and like I see how much sexism mm -hmm. is still in this world and, and homophobia and transphobia. And I'm just like, we really haven't learned anything, no. have we? No. And it's like, and now they're trying to, you know, get rid of the history books mm -hmm. that are already whitewashed as it is, but mm -hmm. they're trying to get rid of anything that like shows the truth of our history. And it's like, we're just fucking ourselves up so yeah, much. We are. I know my mom was just saying this morning, when I was talking to her, she was saying about how she didn't learn because she follows, I, oh God, she, what is that? I can't remember the um, publication she belongs, she, she, I can't think of the words right now. None of the words are coming to me. But, you know, she, she signed up for some, it, it, it's not a Black Lives Matter, but it's black history. And mm -hmm. so, you know, delivered into her email box, she gets stories and stuff like that. So she said, oh my God, I, and she had a good education growing up. She goes, I didn't learn about some of you, know, like, whole towns being murdered because no. too many black people were there. And it's like, she's like, I didn't even fucking learn that. And so, yeah. you know, how do you process something when you don't even know it's there and you, you can't grow from it if you don't have all of the information. And, and that, the yeah. thing is, you ha it's so important nowadays to self-educate yes. because you're not taught any. And I, again, grew up in a very liberal Jewish household. My family is incredibly liberal. And like I had such a head start already mm -hmm. and really only within the last couple of years was able to break down all the shit that was systemically programmed in my head and mm. just be like, okay, even with my own stuff, like mm -hmm. my even trans stuff, I'm just yeah. like, God, we are so poisoned as a culture. Yes. Yes. And it's totally. Really, it's up to us to educate ourselves. Yeah. Because, you know, I realized, I, I never really realized before that some of my own, especially my insecurities were born out of patriarchal bullshit. 
yeah. and, and, and that I feed into it. Whenever I put myself down, and I still do it, but whenever I put myself down for my physical appearance, it's patriarchy, and I'm feeding it. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I look at it like the other day, I saw a photograph of, of Jamie Lee Curtis, and, you know, she, she's heavier than she used to be when she was really young. She's in, by no means fat. But she was standing up on stage and she was wearing this beautiful dress and she looked so good. And, you know, I don't know exactly what goes on in her mind. But all I know is like, okay, here's here's an example. I can't look at myself and I, I'm not too bad right now. I'm not as heavy I, as I was last year. I'm not as light as I would like to be. But I have this thing like I don't even want to go to Los Angeles right now because I feel like I'm too fat for Los Angeles. And I know that that's stupid, but that's how I feel. And I know you understand that because you're on the oh, cabbage totally. soup diet. <laughs> so, yeah. But it's yeah, like exactly. I, I see, and Jamie. Like, I'm always like – and I, I was saying this to my boyfriend last night or whatever, like – as a joke almost, but then I, I like it was I pissed myself off with it because I was like, <laughs> you realize that like I only try to look good for you. Like I'm always scared <laughs> that I'm not gonna be attractive yeah. to you, and one day you're gonna be like, "Fuck you, bitch! I'm out of here." Which he would never do because he's right. incredible. But it's yeah. just like that's programmed in my head yes. that I have to be attractive to men yes. in order to succeed in this world, and I hate that. I and know. I even have a friend who I wanted to bitch slap the other day because she was talking <laughs> about how she wanted. Um, she wants to she wants to find a man to take care of her, and I was like, uh, I literally said, I go, why? Yeah. And she's like, well, because I, I want that lifestyle, and I'm like, but don't you want to be able to take care of yourself, and don't you want to make your own money and not have to rely on a man? That's how my mama raised me. Yeah. Was you don't need a man, honey. So right. I'm a self sufficient woman, and it's like, don't you want that? It's so empowering to yeah. be a self sufficient woman. Wow, that's you know, there. Have you ever heard of the show Little People, Big World? Yes. Okay, so what's his name? Um, Jeremy Roloff married. He's one of the sons of the show. And now he's not a little person, but he married a woman named Audrey. And she is hardcore evangelical. And I believe she she wrote something like a blog post or something talking about that when you get married, the woman's body belongs to the husband. And that basically no matter when he wants it, no matter what he wants, you give it to him. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what a doormat. Oh, my God. And, you know, then my boyfriend, who's also political and has a podcast and everything, he's like, oh, my, you know, he's like, I see this is where we're headed. You know, yeah. this is where conservatives especially are headed. And they're trying to normalize. And, you know, adding on to this, there, I've talked a little bit about this on the show, but Every once in a while, I uh, get caught up in YouTube. And so there's this whole universe on YouTube of these patriarchal wives who film themselves cleaning their houses. And, like, they literally film themselves cleaning their toilets. And Do they want to come clean mine? <laughs> no, really. It's like, <laughs> hey, come come video yourself cleaning my fucking house. But, right. but it's like – but it's and, – and I don't really have a problem with people who want to stay home and be – you know, stay at home spouses and clean their homes. That's like no problem. But it's this message that it's putting out like that's the woman's job. And yeah. it's it's really gross and it's upsetting. And I mean, granted, these women are making money. They I mean yeah. and, and and I will admit that it's kind of mesmerizing to watch people cleaning. 
and it has kind of helped me be a little bit more clean. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, but but I see this patriarchal crap, and I just think, oh my god, and. I mean, how far is this going to go? I mean, the women are dressing themselves up in prairie. I mean, prairie dresses are coming back. And I it's know. Like, I feel, oh. I swear to God, we're headed down Handmaiden's Tale. Like, it cannot be. No, we it, cannot have that. <laughs> it just, it's so scary. And I, <laughs> I, I used to see it all the time with these people. And I'm just like, how do you look in the mirror and think that, like, this is right. Like, right. how do you think that, be, like, thinking a man has the right to control your body yeah. is a is the is a good thing? Yeah, I, I don't get it. It's, you're like they're so brainwashed, and the fact that they can't see that, it's like I just I've I've absolutely lost all hope for these people. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh well, maybe they they just need to be educated. No, you can't no. educate. Like, there's that saying, you can't argue with stupid. Mm -hmm. It's true. You really can't. No. So I just stop and like. I was saying this to my friend the other day. I was like, I don't care what the average Joe Blow on the street thinks about me. I really don't give a fuck if you think I'm a man or not. Like, I care and I go after the people who have political power and right. I try to make changes where there's actual power. Like, right. I don't feel like we're ever going to be able to, like, completely convince every single person in the universe that, like, you know, that we're all, like, equal and that we're all yeah. amazing and whatever. But... I feel like it's so important for us to use our power and vote mm -hmm. for politicians who have our best interests at heart and aren't trying to turn us into these like subservient Christian housewives <laughs> in a white bread society. I, I don't want that. Yeah. Yeah. Me neither. Oh my God. Yeah. Please no. no. And that's another reason I miss California. At least Maryland is blue. Um, yeah. Okay. Before we go, I want to ask a couple more questions, but I just want to know, I mean, I know you said, and you're like me, I have a tendency to stay in a lot, mainly because of COVID, but also I'm not in love with the East Coast. I'm trying, I'm from here, but I spent so much time in California that it's really difficult for me to, like, I don't know, I, I, I'm trying to find the good. And yeah. so, um, and now that, you know, I mean, we have this crazy weather. Oh my God, I saw that video of you doing snow angels in sat on Saturday in LA. Oh it snowed actually yesterday at my house in Studio City oh and in Burbank God. it was snowing. Like actual snow. It yeah. didn't stick, but it was fucking snowing. I'm like, am I on the crack? What is happening? And I'm so but jealous. We went to um like just really low levels in San Bernardino. Like yeah. really low levels. And we're making snow angels. I'm like, this is insane. It is insane. And it's like I, I'm jealous though because I would love to see. I remember in I think it was December of 2008. It was really, really cold one day. And there was, I think there was some snow on the ground because it snowed really, really, really early. And of course, you know, by like 11, it was gone. But mm. that was the only time in Los Angeles that it snowed when I lived there. So it's like, I so desperately wish I could see. And it's funny because it snowed here on Saturday too. On Thursday, it was, it was like 80 and then it oh snowed God. on Saturday. And now it's back. It's like spring again. So it's like I'm getting this. Like I want to, you know, since I stopped taking the um, the hormones that were putting the weight on me, I've lost a little bit of weight. And so like the weather's kind of, you know, now it's like L.A. weather basically. And yeah. it feels like spring. And I, I'm having this like thing of wanting to get out of the house. But my question here is what do you do for fun, even though I know you're a homebody like me, but like what are the things that you do that make you happy? 
Um, I love to write music. I love to just hang with my boyfriend and go on little adventures. We spend so much time out in Malibu, mm-hmm. and I just like to do things away from people. I <laughs> I really don't like people at all. <laughs> so my idea of fun is road trips with my boyfriend or just staying home and writing music. Uh, he's also a musician, oh, so we'll cool. just write a bunch of songs and play video games. And, yeah, I, I mean – Agoraphobia runs in my family, um, and I definitely got hit with it so my whole life. And then, like you said, after COVID, yeah. it's even more like I don't ever want to go out. Oh, my yeah. God, I just dropped my phone. Um, and I I got COVID in oh, no. August, and I went – that was the first time I got COVID. So it's like after that, I went back – I went out once. I went to an award show, mm-hmm. and I took my mask off for about five minutes – and then the next day, me, my manager, and his wife all got COVID. Oh, no. And I knew it was from this event, and I was like, hey, I'm never going out again. <laughs> well, okay, I want to know. I've not had COVID. So how what happened to you? What was your experience with it? It was the sickest I've ever been, and I had meningitis twice. Oh, my God. So it was – I ran 100 – first of all, I, lit, I could not get out of bed that first day it took, I went from my bed to the couch, and then 15 minutes later, I was able to get from the couch to my front door to get the groceries Ugh. I had delivered. And then, like, every four or five feet, I had to stop and lay down because I was going to pass out. Wow. And then I had 104 fever oh. for, like, a week that just wouldn't break. Oh. Um, uh, it was really, really bad. It was the sickest I've ever been, and I'm fully vaccinated and boosted and whatever, and I'm so grateful that I was because I have a feeling if wow. I wasn't, I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, my dad's cousin died from it early on. Um, so my boyfriend's just... grandfather died from it. My ne- my next-door neighbor died from it. We oh. know a lot of people who died, including young people who I knew who died from it. Wow. So. All these people are like, oh, but the vaccine is going to kill you. And the vaccine, you have a better <laughs> chance of dying from the virus than you do the vaccine. I'd rather take my chance with the vaccine. No kidding. And I mean, I, I don't know that anyone has legitimately died from the vaccine. No. Um, I mean, of, <laughs> cor- the, of course, there are breakthroughs and they, they turn that into, oh, well, the vaccine doesn't work. And it's like, no, the vaccine saves your life. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And no, my, that's my very... brother's girlfriend is a neurologist and works a lot with COVID people who have like uh, stroked out and whatever. And she sees it all. And mm-hmm. she's like, literally the one thing that I see is unvaccinated people dying. And mm-hmm. the one thing they try to request at the end is the vaccine. And it's wow. like, sorry, it's too late for you. That's really sad. Really sad. And she's like, it breaks my heart because these people just are, are they believe lies. Yeah. And then it comes to the time when now they need it mm-hmm. and they should have gotten it and they probably would still be alive, but then they die. Yeah. Wow. I know. In fact, because my boyfriend and I like to watch Little People Big World, but we know that the, the guy, uh, Matt Roloff, his father died from it. So, oh, no. you know, I mean, it's sad. It's ridiculous. And it's just, I don't know. People are stupid. I have a question for you, though. If you watch sure. um, Little People Big World, did you ever see that show Little Women LA? No, I haven't. I never Okay, because I'm that. in that show. You season are? Season five and season nine of Little Women LA, I was in that show. Oh, my God. I totally want to go watch it now. <laughs> it was so bad. But, yeah, go watch it. Really, I get in a fight with a little person, and I threaten to drop kick her across the room, and then I hit her in the face with my purse because she made some really transphobic remarks. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm definitely going to have to check that out. (laughs) Not my finest moment, but the bitch deserved it. (laughs) Well, I will say this, even though it's really difficult to get me out of my house, 
if I lived in LA, I'd want to hang out with you. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I would totally hang out with you. I think that would be so much fun. Um, talking to you has just been a blast, and I hope that I can uh, have you back on the show at some point later down the line. Anytime. I'm, thank fun. you so much for having me. And anytime you want, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally want to see I want to see your vagina. And I've never said yes. that to anybody before. So there you go. Um, I'll send you some pictures. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and then, of course, before I let you go, tell everybody where to find you. I am across everything Plastic Martyr, just my name, P-L-A-S-T-I-C-M-A-R-T-Y-R, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook. I think that's all the things I'm on. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. And of course, I am, well, I'm on, on Twitter, I'm author Kimberly, and then on Spoutable, I'm just my name, Kimberly Johnson. Don't forget the E, the extra E at the end of my name. My books are on Amazon. It was so awesome talking to you. Thank you. So awesome talking to you. <laughs> All right. You have a wonderful day. <laughs> oh, and everybody oh. go rent Yellowbird on Amazon. Go rent Yellowbird on Amazon. Okay. And you're in that. So awesome. I'm in it. I play Crystal. Crystal. I'm going to watch that. All right. Thank yeah. you so much. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. 